Rich, your thoughts on Gillian McLaughlin's tenure as he waves farewell and rides off into the sunset after the AFL Grand Final on Saturday on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being excellent, of course, uh, top marks. 1 being not so good at the other end of the scale. Uh, we're getting a couple coming through, and I'll acknowledge those in just a moment. Just updating the cricket, uh, well done to Mitch Marsh. He just posted a half century off 45 balls. He's 50 not out. Steve Smith, 25 not out. And after 17 overs, Australia won for 131. It's a quarter past five as we welcome uh, Craig Starsevich uh, to the program. Started his footy career here in the WAFL with East Perth and, as we know, has been away from WA now for over three decades, applying his trade in the AFL, a premiership player with Collingwood, and spending um, most of his years now in Brisbane as a Brisbane Lions player involved in the club and, in recent times, uh, an AFLW coach with Brisbane. Craig, uh, thanks for joining us here on Sports Day WA. Nice to be invited in, Peter. Gee, I can't, remember, I can't remember the last time I would have talked to Craig Starsevich. I reckon it was when he was playing with Collingwood all those years ago. We may have touched base during your time there in the northern state in Queensland, but you've been living there now, what, for 30 years? Uh, pretty much, yeah. We got here at the end of 93 and got started in 94 with, with the Bears and, I don't know, three or four years later, they became the Lions and, um, you know, we all move on from footy and change jobs and do different things, but... Um, yeah, it's been um, been very enjoyable. Brisbane's very similar to Perth in a lot of ways, which is probably why um, the family's grown up here and we, we sort of haven't moved. We've tried to get back to Perth a few times, but unsuccessfully. <laughs> and how big is the Starsevich brood these days? Uh, I've got a couple of older children now. Uh, my oldest daughter's uh, had her own daughter now, so I've recently become a grandfather. So you know, Congratulations. Life, life, life rolls on, Peter. Yeah. Getting older. Is she uh, been involved with Australian rules football because her dad has been involved with the AFLW program now since 2017. Anybody been keen to be coached by dad? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> you, know what, you know what kids and parents are like. Oh, um, you're, you're the last person they listen to. So, um, uh, no, my daughter was a, a pretty good netballer. Um, my mum was a decent netballer as well. So I think that's uh, football really wasn't a thing when she was growing up. That's how quickly things have escalated in the last decade or so. But, um, yeah, netball was more her game. My son played a little bit of footy as well. But, um, yeah, they've all been pretty active. Yeah, we remember, of course, uh, your mum's feet on the netball court, uh, one of the greats, uh, certainly from this side of the country. What about AFLW, Craig? You've been involved with it uh, since the early days. Now we're in season eight. You started in 2017. Have you seen the growth of the competition in your time? Yeah, it's, it's come along very quickly, Peter. Um, you know, when I think back to 2017 and we were plucking people out of community footy and trying to teach them professional habits, um, and get things happening really, really quickly. Um, unfortunately for us, I reckon a lot of people who first had eyes on AFLW probably only remember that and haven't got back into it. So I can only encourage people that um, might, might have looked in the first couple of years and thought we we're a long way off. Well, it's, it's come along in leaps and bounds, and the product now is a very entertaining one to watch. Uh, the competition scoring this year has gone through the roof. Um, there's a lot of competitive teams out there and the, the style of footy and the quality of the footies uh, come on enormously. I think I think the big reason is probably 
the kids that are getting drafted now have come from Auskick all the way through and, and uh, you know, they've, they've had a footy in their hands since they could stand. Uh, very similar to probably their brothers. And, um, and, and now, um, you know, girls coming through high school now have got a really viable choice as a professional sport to come and play AFL. Of course, you headlined your time there at the AFLW with Brisbane winning a premiership in 2021. We'll talk about that in a moment. But what about the Australian Rules Program in schools in Queensland? Are more schools taking up playing Australian Rules football? Oh, absolutely. The, the school competition here is uh, bigger than the club numbers. So um, yeah, school footy is a very, very important part of um, us getting a foothold into the sporting market in Queensland. Um, super competitive environment in winter here with so many sports on offer for uh, for the first choice female athlete and probably boys as well. So um, through the Footy Clubs Academy, we're able to engage you know kids that might drift off and play other sports, but um, we've been pretty pretty lucky that way. To you know, first and foremost, the, the club's been pretty strong in the last five or six years, and you know that normally gets everyone's attention. Um, but there's a lot of people at AFL Queensland doing a lot of work in schools to make sure kids are, are picking up a, a Saren and, and um, see footy as a, a career choice. What's interesting, uh, Craig, is the battle between AFLW and NRLW, which is televised as well, like AFLW. How much of a tug of war is it between the two codes up there, not just in the women's game, but now in the men's game as well? Well, if you listen to Gil and him, him rattling off his numbers, he, he likes to get on the front foot and tell the world how, how well we're going, which is actually true um, with the amount of people playing footy. But... Um, if you ask someone like Charlie Cameron, who regularly invites Adam Reynolds into the change rooms after his games, and and we, uh, as an AFLW team, had a joint training session with the Broncos NRLW team um, a couple of weeks ago. So from a player's perspective, they're all very respectful, and you know we love sharing ideas and training together and supporting each other. Um, but at a higher level, um, the battle's well and truly on, that's for sure. Let's have a look at 2021. No doubt one of the highlights so far in your AFLW career, taking the Brisbane Lions to a premiership. And you've been a consistent team right throughout your tenure. What's been the success to keeping the Brisbane Lions right there in the AFLW spotlight? I think from the start, we wanted to be successful. Um, we definitely wanted the the rusted-on Brisbane Lions follower to be proud of the team that was running out there um, in AFLW, so from the from the get go, that was really important that we made a, a bit of a statement and were you know seen to be successful from the start. Um, and when I first started coaching there, I was very um, keen to get ex uh, male players involved in the program uh, to help as assistant coaches. So Daniel Merritt and Brent Staker were were huge for us in the first three or four years, just to. Um, add that little bit of extra credibility to what we were doing and bring across all those Lions fans to take an interest, basically. Mm. Um, so that, plus the fact that we had a really good batch of Queenslanders, Queenslanders to pick from to start, um, our pathways are really strong here in, in Queensland with the with the talent program. Um, so we've been pretty lucky, actually, pretty fortunate to have so many people work, working behind the scenes and then you know funneling all that great talent up to AFLW. Saying that, the on-field talent's been very good and, of course, the league BNF for Ali Anderson has continued being one of the stars of the competition. 
Yeah, she has, and, and the season before that, Emily Bates as well. So we've had we've had the last two women's Brownlow winners, if you like, um, come out of our club. So uh, which is which is pretty uh, pretty uh, good indication of the quality of talent that we're able to um, grow in this in this state. And uh, you know they're they're both very driven athletes and and have uh, well and truly deserved their the recognition. Craig, are you comfortable where the season is placed? Because the AFL is trying to find a bit of clear air for the AFLW. It's always going to be difficult. Give them the bye before the finals. That gives them clear air for a week. But in the end, they're competing against the AFL, which is always going to be difficult to try and get headlines. Uh, where do you think it should be positioned? Do you think the right positioning is there right now? Yeah, I'm actually one of the advocates for spring because, um, you know, that you start off in the bye week of the boys and, yeah, you are competing with with the finals. Four weeks, four, four games in the first week for the boys, and then you know, a couple, two games each for the next two, and then of course grand final week. And the focus is clearly on the men's comp. Um, but we're up to round five this week. We we play Hawthorne the day after the grand final, so that's a that's a busy one for for us to negotiate with the boys in the in the granny on the Saturday. Uh, but I like spring. We 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 were playing in summer up here, Peter, and it's it's horrendous in February and March to try and um, play footy. So, um, but having said that, we didn't have our, our beautiful new um, training facility at Brighton's own arena. So uh, that, that that gives us a great facility that we can play footy under light. So we never never really had that when summer was going around. So so who knows, maybe a switch back to that might be the go. But I, I actually like spring. I, I know I don't know what you like, you're like, Peter, but the day after the AFL grand final, I'm, I'm itching for AFL content. So it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like this black hole that you've got to fill after the grand final. So yeah. hopefully, you know, the, the Lions supporters can have a great day Saturday and then continue to watch us on Sunday and then the next couple of months as well. Yeah, no, it's exciting stuff. And as you mentioned, you've got Hawthorne, who've only won the one game this season. So... You travel south. You're at three and one at this stage. You'd be almost favourites to take that off. But judging from what I'm seeing so far, it's a pretty even competition, bar maybe a couple at the foot. Yeah, I mean the the, the usual suspects at the top, the Melbournes and the Adelaides, are, uh, are are driving the competition again, and we're sort of clinging to that group as well. Um, but we've got, there, there are some teams that have really really improved in recent times, Richmond and Geelong and. Um, uh, Fremantle look like they're they're starting to um, charge up again. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, an interesting time. There's a lot of clubs that are um, have been in the comp now. Take Richmond for example, played finals last year for the first time, and they've and that was their third or fourth year in the competition. So I think you'll see things squeeze up in terms of um, how competitive it will be across the comp. Um, the longer that the new clubs um, are in the competition and get more pre-seasons under their belts. Yeah, we're talking to Craig Stasevic in our segment, Chats with Mates, uh, Mate, Fair Dinkum Internet, Without the Fuss. Uh, you spoke about family a bit earlier on when we introduced you to the program, and there is a bit of family. Of course, your nephew, Brandon, plays with the Brisbane Lions. What's it like having your nephew around the club? Yeah, fantastic, actually. It's, um, our club... Uh, yeah, but quite apart from the fact that you just bump into each other and you can, you know, duck off in between their sessions and grab a coffee and chat and, you know, catch up on family-type business. But um, the club as a whole now that we've moved into the new building is absolutely brilliant that you've got female and male athletes sharing the same space and 
passing each other in the corridors of the gym or the kicking room or the recovery centre or whatever it is. So it's got a really, really nice feel about it, the new place we're in. Yeah, and, Bra- um, and Brandon, yeah. of course, came through like his uncle, came through the WAFL at East Perth and certainly has made a name for himself in the senior side. Yeah, it took him a, a little while to get going, but he's, um, you know, he's up, up around 100 games now and been a regular player and, and been high in the in the club BNF for the last couple of years. So um, they certainly, I know Fage is pretty happy with what he brings to the table in terms of um, helping out in their uh, in their defence. So uh, it's, now that they've had a bit of change through there, it's almost like him and Harris Andrews are the most experienced ones down there at the moment. Mm. Um, with you know a whole lot of new ones with Wilmot and Coleman and recently Connor McKenna coming into that group. So um, yeah, it's been uh, been a really interesting um, interesting to watch how that how that team's evolved over even the last twelve months and and got themselves into contention this weekend. You were recruited from East Perth for whom you played 37 games after you won the 1986, as we know, FD Book Medal. Judged the best and fairest player at the Royals. You were recruited by Collingwood in the VFL. And as we know, you were there in 1990 when they ended that drought where their last premiership was back in 1958. And I was saying you're an outside chance to claim the Norm Smith Medal. That's how well you were going until you had that heavy blow from Essendon defender Terry Danaher. I know it's about 33 years ago, Craig, but do you get reminded about that very often? Um, occasionally, yeah. Uh, normally this week, actually. <laughs> because uh, for the rest of the year, it's, um, it's not really in the conversation apart from Grand Final Week. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, it's, they're nice memories, no doubt about that. And, and that's the one thing about, you know, if you're lucky enough to get over the line um, this Saturday, then you get a chance to hang on to that that uh, that memory and, and share that special day with so many other people. And, um, you know, every five, ten years, every 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 year around this time, there's there's always a catch-up going on with, with the group. So I know that that's not unique to us. It's every every team who's won a premiership do, does that. It's just a, a very special bond that you have with uh, the people that you played with on that day. It's really interesting, isn't it, how people reconnect. Uh, Lee Matthews was your coach in 1990 when Collingwood broke the uh, the drought. And as we know, he was part of the three-peat uh, in the early part of the new century, 2001, 2002 and 2003. And then now, if Brisbane win the uh, AFL Grand Final on Saturday, he'll be presenting the Premiership Cup to, uh, of course... Uh, Chris Fagan and uh, the captain of the Brisbane Lions Football Club. It's amazing how he was there at Collingwood and now he's become such an important figure at Brisbane. Yeah, he's always around the place, Lee. I mean, he, he settled in Brisbane after he finished coaching and, and obviously has continued his commentary. Um, and I know Fags and Greg Swan, our CEO, and uh, Lee catch up on a weekly basis for, for dinner and probably talk all sorts of things, but... Um, you know, Lee's always around the place. He's he's great for me to to just um, you know get some reassurance from from time to time as well. Um, I, I consider myself extremely lucky to have been coached by him and then and then work with him when I was at Brisbane also afterwards. So um, his knowledge of the game and his his ability to be able to take difficult concepts and make them simple is second to none. Um, yeah, and 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 it's one of those things where after. After what we've been hearing this week with Ron Barassi and and his involvement in footy, I mean, 
Lee would be right up there, I would have thought, in terms of um, how much he's contributed to the game. So we're all super, uh, super um, grateful that we've been able to cross paths with him. That's that's for sure. And Craig, as I let you go, you're down there. Your most important role is the AFLW match against Hawthorne, as you mentioned, on Sunday after the AFL Grand Final. Are you allowed and will you be going to the big event on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely we are. We're, um, uh, we actually had, we had, we had the girls. We played North Melbourne down in Launceston last Saturday night uh, or last Sunday and, and the Saturday night we were in the hotel as a group watching the game and uh, the, the girls are super invested in, in the boys' games. They're, they're regulars at the Gabba. Um, and they'll definitely be going to the MCG. So, you know, that's it's such a huge day for the football club in general that uh, there's no way that um, the female playing group are going to miss out on being there live to, to share the experience. So uh, we'll definitely be there. Looks like it's going to be a nice day too, Peter, 28 degrees and fine and sunny. So hopefully that suits, uh, suits the boys. Yeah, yeah, we're pushing the heat. It's 34 in Perth today. So we're pushing the heat across wow. the Nullarbor and it's arriving there in Melbourne on the weekend. As we let you go, you've had certainly success with both clubs, even though injury curtailed uh, your uh, involvement uh, a couple of seasons at the Brisbane Lions. I think you racked up around about 20 or or so games, but you've uh, been such an important part of the football club when it comes to the AFLW program. And as we mentioned, you've been there since 2017. You're probably more favouring now. You're a Brisbane man more than even though you're a premiership player with Collingwood. Saying that, Putting your sort of allegiances aside, how do you think the game will go on Saturday? Uh, well, that's impossible to put put the allegiance aside. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, we, we'll be um, yeah, we're very invested in what the boys are doing, but um, I don't know. I, I'm, it's Collingwood a play, uh, and and Collingwood coached by an ex lines great as well, so <laughs> that, yes. that makes it even harder. Mm. So. Um, it's it's a it's going to be a really difficult one. It's you know you always always say games of footy are won and lost in the midfield and yeah that that that's a that's a really intriguing battle in there. Uh, particularly Lockie's uh, great achievement on Monday night and how's he going to come up on Saturday? Who who who's uh, who has Fly got planned to play on him? Um, I think we're pretty strong up front. We've got plenty of avenues to go with different types of players up front as well. Um, it's it's really really intriguing. Um, so yeah, can't can't wait to see what happens actually because um, I know the boys have beaten uh, the Pies twice this year, but it, neither time was at the MCG. So that's another little wild card to throw in there as well. So mm. I'm hoping uh, the Lions boys edge them out in a close one. Yeah. Oh, good on you, Craig. Thanks for joining us. Uh, by the way, I, I meant to mention it earlier. Is Jackson still playing footy? Your son? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's um, he's now uh, he played up in the Ballarat League this year and did very well, made the team of the year, which good on him. Um, everyone's very proud of. Yeah, so yeah, he's he's really enjoying his footy and throwing himself into his work as well, which is uh, fantastic. So very proud of him. Good on you. All right, great, lovely to talk to you. Thanks very much. Good luck uh, for the remainder of the AFLW season. Certainly, uh, Brisbane appear that they'll be in the mix and uh, enjoy the day on Saturday. And good luck for the match on Sunday. Will do. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Good on you, Craig. Craig Starsevich joining us uh, and speaking very well. Uh, quite an extended interview. He, uh, he's a very, very good man and certainly uh, he's very well entrenched at the Brisbane football system.
And he was brought to you thanks to our friends at uh, Chat With Mates. Score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr Weldy with Mate. And looking at the cricket, go Mitch Marsh, 61 not out of 60 balls. Smith is 46 of 40. Australia in the 23rd over, one for 164. Dave Warner, the man out, he was out for 56. Uh, played very well and got Australia off to a flyer. So uh, that's the current situation. The run rate, 7.29 is the current run rate. As we know, Australia have lost their last five ODIs and uh, are down 2-0 in this current series as they build up to the World Cup. At the moment, they're doing okay as Marsh pulls one through mid-wicket, down to the boundary for four. So Marsh up to 65 off 62 balls, one for 168. Just a couple of uh, texts on the Tempera Betcher text machine. I wanted everyone to give us a bit of an uh, undertaking on what they thought of about uh, Gil McLaughlin's tenure as CEO of the AFL, been there since 2014. Peter, I'll give Gil a two. He's fine, nothing to fix. Uh, the compromise fixtures, Brisbane last play West Coast in Perth in 2017. There is also unfairness in dealing with the five and six day breaks. The equalisation policy is secretive and not fair. Umpiring and the laws of the game need a complete overhaul. Alex goes on and on. The Coleman medal and the Brownlow are compromised as those teams playing bottom teams twice reap the benefits. Uh, he's uh, certainly onto it. So he's given him a two, would you believe? Uh, Alex? Spirit down in Bustleton is giving him a three out of ten. Uh, Pete, just confirming ten is the highest and one is the lowest. Ha ha. Yeah, I think I might have mentioned that a couple of times. Uh, no name to that. We've got a four out of ten. So, really, the ones that I've got, Gillan McLaughlin has failed to get a pass mark in his tenure as CEO of the AFL. I'll tell you, he's got a pass mark and doing very well after 98 yesterday. Is Chloe Paparo, the captain of the WA cricket team. She joins us next.